1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, here we are heading into the final weeks, can you believe it, of 2018. Perhaps we begin with a look back before we look forward. What do you think? Sounds great. And, and you know, when you look back at 2017... Uh, you had a very strong year for the real estate board, even with the last six months of that year, uh, you know, being totally different than the first six months of that year. But now looking at 2018, you've got the same thing. The first five months of 2018, you saw continuous declining numbers. People were in a panic. We were down 30 percent, 40 percent in terms of sales. They were saying average price was down 20 percent, 25 percent. And then you had the next five months. So when you look at the next five months or the second five months of the year, now you had five continuous months of sales increasing. You had the average price coming back up. And the the main reason for average price wasn't a decline in the market value of a home. It was the shift had changed. So we had more condo selling, we had more townhomes and semis selling. That had more to do with affordability and the stress test that was brought on from the the financial aspect of qualifying for a home. And it reduced people's affordability by about 16%. So obviously they were going to still want to purchase a home. It was just less of a home. And that's where you saw people reporting prices uh, were falling. It wasn't that the price was falling, the average price was falling. And that was because of the mix that had changed. Okay. And we began 2018 with, as you've talked about on this show, the anxiety and the implementation of the stress test. Let's remind our listeners, what's the stress test? The stress test was the qualifying rate that you would need to qualify to receive a mortgage. So you were qualifying at a higher rate than what was posted because the banks wanted to make sure that even if rates increased as they have, you would still be able to afford your home. There wouldn't be any defaults. So you were qualifying at the reason it was called a stress test was in case there was stress added to the equation in terms of rate hikes, would you still be able to afford your home? And that was a good thing because as rates went up, the bank still knew that you could afford your home. You still knew that you could afford your home. And and that's why we still didn't have defaults or anything like that in the marketplace. And what do you hear from buyers now that we are almost a year into that stress test? What do you hear from them? You don't even hear anything about it anymore. It, it's just, it's normal now. So okay. once the initial fear is taken away and people realize that this is the new normal, everything everything falls into place. Okay, so we began the year, as I said, with that anxiety about the stress test, not knowing exactly what that would mean, what kind of impact it would have on uh, buying power. And then we headed into, you know, the provincial election in this province. Um, and once we got past that, you felt that there was a bit of an upswing in, in buying. You could feel the momentum building. There was a lot of pent-up demand. There was a, a lot of uncertainty. And then all of a sudden... The, the confidence came back and you could feel that it was it was like, you know, uh, a 
the market was just energized and buyers and sellers were coming off the fence because they still want to buy and sell homes. So what do we what do we see now in terms of, you know, November and into December? November is going to be pr- pretty flat compared to last November. You know, the snow doesn't help. We had some early snow this year. Right. So that doesn't help the market. Everyone, you know, goes into winter mode and it takes a few weeks for them to come out again. So now that we've had, you know, a week or two of snow, as we continue through December, you're going to start to see a little more activity heading up to maybe around the 15th, 18th of the month. And then things will quiet down for a couple of weeks. Uh, as people prepare for the holidays and New Year's, and by mid-January, you'll start, start to see traffic increase again. But there's there's a lot of good vibes out there in the industry. There's a lot of people that have decided to come off of that fence that they were waiting on because they see prices continuing to increase. And it's not a an 18% increase or a 20% increase. They're modest. They're 2%, 3% increases in price. But they're still going up. And I know we're not quite at the end of the year yet, but if someone were to ask you to look back at 2018 in real estate, what would you say about this past year? As advertised. I mean, we were talking about it from January that, you know, the first five months until May or June was going to be relatively quiet because we're going to be comparing it to the hottest time in the market last year. And then we said numbers would start to even out over the next seven months because, you know, the the last seven months of last year were really quiet. And that's exactly what we saw. We we knew that there'd be uncertainty with the stress test coming in. We knew that we wouldn't be able to compete with the numbers from the early part of last year. So everything kind of played out as we had anticipated. What we didn't anticipate um, was the news that broke this week about the GM plant closing in Oshawa. What does losing an industry do to market value? You know, we always say there is there is no catalyst for prices to fall. Uh, one of the main catalysts would be huge job losses. So when an industry closes, that's something that could contribute to people having to sell or defaulting on their mortgages. Now, to put this in perspective, remember a few years ago, GM in Oshawa had about 40,000 employees. So as their industry, as the automotive industry was changing, that's that number decreased to 2500 so that's not oshawa or durham's main industry anymore you know they they have healthcare they have they have different areas where you know oshawa has diversified it's not just dependent on gm anymore and we're going to and a lot of people are prepared for this this wasn't an overnight announcement this was years in the making and people knew that this was eventually going to happen. So a lot of these GM employees do have other jobs, uh, you know, secondary jobs or primary jobs, and they're still working at GM part-time. So this was, you know, in the making for a few years, and I don't think it's going to be as drastic an effect as it first comes out when the shock of the announcement kind of wears off and, and you think, okay, what's really going to happen? It's not going to be that bad. So you don't think it's going to affect the value of a home in Durham region? A lot of these people don't live in Oshawa itself or they don't live in Durham region. They live in Peterborough and surrounding areas. And I've talked to a lot of the agents over the last couple of days that work the Oshawa area or the Durham area. And and they've said the same thing. They've reiterated that a lot of the GM employees live in the outskirts. They don't live in the region itself. And 
that's why, like, you know, affordability wise, they can still afford their homes. They're going to get packages. They're going to get buyouts. So it's not going to be as drastic as we anticipated, you know, Sunday night when the announcement came out. And uh, there was a lot of resentment on Monday. There was a lot of questions. But this has been in the making for a while and, and people are prepared. Not everyone is prepared. It's going to hit a lot of families very hard. It's going to affect some of the businesses that for are sure. right around the GM plant. But it's it's an evolution, and and Oshawa is going to be fine. Durham's going to be fine. They're they're going to be uh, you know replacing this with somebody else that's going to come in and and have another twenty five three thousand jobs. Let's hope so, and let's hope they can grow from here. When we come back, Tim Hudak from the Ontario Real Estate Association joins the show. And stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the phone is CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, Tim Hudak. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Asif, Tina. Thanks for having me back on the program. I really appreciate it. Tim, earlier this week... I was among the many who attended the Ontario Realtor Party Conference. What an incredible, incredible event that was. Now, this was the first of its kind? Yeah, well, we've always done what we called our PAC, a public affairs conference where, you know, you hear from the guest speakers, you talk about the issues, and then you go and talk to the MPPs, the decision makers, uh, when it comes to real estate issues and realtor issues in the province. But we, we decided to turn up the volume, as, as they say, uh, all the way to 11 on this. So we really topped the program, a, a bigger, a really impressive list of speakers, and asked if we opened up the audience as well. We used to have maybe 180, uh, 200 people. We said, you know what, as opposed to just the reps for the boards, let's open this more broadly to realtors in general and see who comes, and we hit over 450. That's amazing. You know, The room was packed, and how could it not be with Stephen Harper and Andrew Horvath? We... And then our premier, Doug Ford, he was on point. Yeah, look, it was a stacked uh, list of speakers. I mean, if you care about real estate and you care about politics and how the two intersect, this is the conference that you want to go to every year. We call it the Ontario Realtor Party Conference. It takes place in November. And so our keynote speakers were Prime Minister Stephen Harper. We had uh, Premier Doug Ford ask if that's the first time that a premier has ever come to one of our realtor conferences ever. So that was really cool. And uh, Ambassador David McNaughton as well. He is the Canadian ambassador to U.S. He's there on the ground in Washington, D.C. So really cool to have him on the stage and say, you know what? What's that Donald Trump like in real? <laughs> you, know, you know what? It was the, the messages coming across, you know, Ontario being open for business again. What was the main message that you took out of the conference? Well, you know, it's kind of two-way, right? I mean, our main message to the decision-makers, the, the politicians and those that work with them, uh, is that the Canadian dream of homeownership is fading. You know, for the first time uh, in the history of this great country, the number of people getting into homeownership is in decline, and that has never happened before. 
So we wanted to capture their attention on turning that around and helping more people get into a place to call their own. Uh, in response, we heard from, from the politicians of all four parties. So Doug Ford, Andrew Horvath, the leader of the opposition and NDP leader, John Frazier from the Liberal Party, and Mike Schreiner from the Green Party, all to give us their visions of that very issue and what their advice is for realtors and what's going to happen with real estate from the political circles. And Tim, the last time you were on, we were discussing the dream and and how we need to, you know, make sure that Canadians can still aspire to home ownership. A quote from Premier Doug Ford, he said, "It's almost never been more difficult or expensive to find a home to rent in Ontario." He's promised, and, and it hits every it hits everybody, right? So, you know, I, I thought the reception for Premier Doug Ford was electric, like the audience were all on their feet. I looked behind me. It's like a celebrity walked in the room, right? Everybody's camera is out. It was really cool. But yeah. what impressed me the most, and, and I thought Premier Ford hit a, on, on our main issues. But as you remember, he told a story about his own daughter. Like, everybody's going through this. His own daughter, who's in her 20s, uh, out looking for a home and can't find one that she can afford. Totally different than, than his generation, right? So we got his attention, and he talked about a lot of good things to try to turn that around. That's right, and and even the story about his daughter and how much she paid in Milton. You know, Milton used to be one of the most affordable places in the region, and now you've got, you know, it's just a million dollars for a townhouse in Milton. That that's, you know, getting pretty steep. The yeah. So you know, when the premier talks about it around the kitchen table or with his family at Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know what? You know, it's going to be something on his mind. We match that up with our realtor leaders and our theme of our conference, and, and we get action. And Premier Ford announced a number of things, including their housing supply action plan, uh, an elimination of rent controls going forward to create more rental units, and a lot of thinking about how do we help people get into the home ownership reality that so many crave for but can achieve. And it's great to see Premier Ford you know, living through some of the promises that he had uh, uh, made during the campaign. Now, back to you know supply and and increasing supply. What is your advice to those that say they can't afford a home right now? I mean, is it hey, sit back, you know, better times are ahead, or you know, what what are you saying to the general public? Well, number one, it, it has been proven over the history of of this country that it is a smart long term investment. And number two. You know, it's a, it's a place of our fondest memories. It's very emotional. And, you know, you can invest in a stock or bond, but you can't live there or raise your kids there. Uh, number two, always talk to a professional in the realtor who knows the neighborhood, knows where prices are going, knows what's going to happen in the backyard, local schools are like, right? So before you take that big leap, get the advice from a professional who knows your circumstances and knows uh, the neighborhood. Uh, and third, I think the message we heard at our conference this past week is help is on the way. And what does that help look like, Tim? You know, what I see from the Ford government uh, is focus on housing supply. So right now, we're not building enough homes in the marketplace for first-time buyers or for move-up buyers. So that was the number one message I heard, and they've invited uh, us at the Ontario Realtors uh, Association to be key players in developing that housing supply action plan. We've got a lot of good ideas that we've talked to them about. We hope to see them come to reality. We would love to see some help on the land transfer tax. 
either eliminating it altogether, say for first-time home buyers. The message I got, that's a little bit tougher right now because of the financial circumstances of the province, and they're already reducing other taxes like gas tax revenue. And a more minor one, but important to, um, to your audience too, he, he announced that they're eliminating this crazy idea around a mandatory home energy audit when you want to list your home. That's something we've been fighting against for years because it will punish sellers and there are no consumer protections that people might easily get ripped off. So I was very happy to hear he said that program is dead. And also for York region specifically, it was really good to see the interior government stand behind the, you know, the, uh, the, the premise that there should not be a municipal land transfer tax in York region. And I think that's going to help with affordability in our region for sure. And hopefully that, uh, you know, that paves the road for more affordable or, or for the affordability of housing in York Region. Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought that one up because there is a case study, right? Like if we're writing a textbook, there is a textbook case study. Uh, during the municipal election, uh, many politicians in York Region said, hey, we want a land transfer tax here, just like they have in Toronto. You know, we can make 40, 50 grand on the sale of a house. Um, and I get it. Politicians always want to get more money out of your pockets to spend on things. However, we did a advertising campaign to keep the dream alive.ca. We teamed up with the Toronto real estate board and we shut it down and we got the attention of premier Ford and the, uh, the PC members of that area. And they said, uh, uh-uh, no way. Taxes are high enough already. This is not on the table. So there's a textbook case of the victory of realtors working together with the government to help at least keep it within reach and not another punishing tax on top. And, and it's such a good feeling as a realtor to be able to contribute because really we're, we're community ambassadors and we're representing a lot of our clients that live in these communities and, and are facing these challenges. So, you know, for the Toronto Real Estate Board to get behind that initiative and, and, and really step it up and with the result that we achieved at the end, that was a really good feeling for realtors as well. It is a powerful combination when realtors who are natural communicators, heavily involved in the community, team up with the men and the women of this province who, you know, want to get a home, they want to move up, or they want one for their son or daughter. They're going to have a heavy influence on politicians. So number one, earlier this year, we stopped the York land transfer tax. It would have been a killer. And secondly, we got the attention of Premier Doug Ford and the provincial government and they're moving on a housing supply action plan to give more choice. I want to add, too, that I thought the speeches by Andrew Horvath, Sean Frazier, and Mike Schreiner from the Green Party really hit on our issues. Like, as the CEO for the Ontario Realtors, I was thrilled that all four political parties were thinking about and talking about our issues. And that must have been a unique experience to have all of them around the same table. What did former Prime Minister Stephen Harper contribute to the conversation? Yeah, like on the four provincial leaders, you're, you're exactly right. That's never happened uh, before in the history of our conferences, and I bet for any other <laughs> stakeholder group, whatever their profession. Prime Minister Harper was, uh, was there really as a, as a thoughtful guy who's been very successful. He's a big brain, big thinker. Number one, I'll tell you, we also saw the personal side of Prime Minister Harper. You often see a very serious guy on TV. But we saw the man that, that I had a chance to get to know when we are both in politics. I'd see that behind the scenes. There's a really touching moment where Christina Blizzard, the former columnist of the Toronto Sun, asked him what the hardest part of his job as prime minister was. And he got all choked up. And he said, no surprise, I guess, when you think about it, the hardest part of the job was calling the parents 
of the men and women in our armed forces who died overseas. And uh, to see Stephen Harper get choked up, that tells you how tough those calls must have been. For sure. And uh, you know what? We just, um, both Asif and I here in the studio, just paused for a moment to think about going through that. That must uh, just be such a difficult experience for our Prime Minister. Absolutely. In terms of, you know, going forward with this conference, what did you learn from it? It's obviously, it was a huge success from what Asif tells us. Where do you go from here? Well, we actually went to work the next day. So, you know, our goal, I, I had the chance of leading off the thing to say, okay, we're going to learn a lot here. You'll be entertained. It's going to be information act. But most importantly, we want you to act. So the next day we had uh, realtors from across Ontario, whether York, Toronto, Thunder Bay, or Ottawa, they met with the MPPs. I believe there were over 80 uh, individual meetings with MPPs to say, here are our ideas on two things. Uh, how are we going to help more people get home ownership? And how can we modernize our real estate laws to keep up with the times, including a, allowing realtors to incorporate with personal real estate corporations? So we went to work the next day, and I'm feeling really good about the results, and we hope to see some action in the legislature as a result. Tim, it was an absolute fabulous conference, and I'm looking forward to the next one already. And also want to thank you not only for all the work you did behind the scenes to make this happen, but for your continued support of realtors and also for being on the show and uh, sharing some of the insight with us. Thank you very much. My pleasure, sir. And, and also thanks for what you do, not only doing a great job for your clients and, and the people doing the radio show, and you've been very active and put your name forward to help out whatever spare time that you can find. You've been great in advancing the issues of the profession and the people you represent, both at the city of Toronto, York region and the province. So I want to thank you too as well sir for your leadership thank you thank you tim my pleasure have a great day you too we've been speaking with the ceo of the ontario real estate association tim hudak when we come back we get to your real estate questions and just a reminder if you missed any part of our show go to 1059theregion.com and click on on the market you're listening to 1059 the region stay with us need to connect with asif khan from remax prime properties call him 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. And Asif, we often receive these questions from listeners wanting to decide on an agent. And Jason and King has one of those questions or two. He's trying to find a real estate agent who is a good fit. And he wants to know if he can ask how many clients the agent is working with. And do you think that matters? I think it's a great question, and and the reason is it, there's two parts to it. One, you want to know that the agent is active and and working the area, and secondly, you want to know if they have some help. So even if they're working with 20 or 30 clients, if they have a team of five or six or seven people, you know that you're going to be looked after. Uh, at the same time, if it's just a single agent and you know they have six or seven clients, that's still good. That means they're active in the community, they know what's happening, and they're going to be able to provide you expertise and, and educate you on the process. Does a bigger team give you more support? You know, do they do um, more active searches for you? Are they more active on social media? What do you think? 
it really depends. There's some single agents that are phenomenal and and they they have their systems in place and they're able to service more people sometimes than than a team would be able to. With a team, you always know that there's going to be somebody there to assist you. So whether you have questions or whether you have concerns, someone's going to be able to to come in and and help you out whenever you need. So there's two different aspects to you know teams and single agents. But as long as you have that experience behind you, then you're set. And the answer here isn't one size fits all because all of us have a different comfort level. That's true. And and what you want to do is you want to find out what someone's track record is and at the same time what they're going to be doing for you. Just having a history or a, a track record from the past doesn't really mean much if they're not able to give you what you need for today's market. So there's a lot of questions We'd love to have a chat with you, Jason, and and maybe help you with some questions that you can ask other realtors and, and be able to come to a an educated decision at the end. How do you find the track record, though? How do you find references for an agent? Usually realtors will let you know what they've done. Plus, there's... You know, there's a lot of ways that you will find out. Do they have signs in your area? Have other people used them? References are great. A lot of, you know, the the number one way that people will find a realtor is by asking other people who they used and what their experience was. So that's always going to be the number one way in which a realtor is referred and that's that's a great way for you to find out what they've done for other people. Okay. Our next question comes from Vanna in Markham. She wants to know she should be present when buyers view her home. Ooh, that sounds a little tricky to me. That there's a, that's a one word answer. No, you should not. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's two reasons for that. One, you want people to spend some time in your home and 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 get to know it and you know, you want them to talk freely about your home while they're in your home. Mm-hmm. When you get, when we're showing homes and there's people home, the clients are almost rushing through it. They don't get to, to, to experience the, the home in its fullest and finest. At the same time, they hold back. They won't actually be honest and let homeowners know. So as a homeowner, you can say, hey, what do you think of my home? It's beautiful. No one's going to tell you that they don't like something, but you know, let them have their time. They, they've got half an hour or 45 minutes or however long they want to spend in your home. Let them have that time, and, and it's, it's out of respect for the buyers. These people are considering purchasing your home. Let them consider it in peace. And as um, a seller, how much time should I anticipate being away from my home so that I'm able to allow the agent and possible uh, uh, buyers to come in and take a look around? Most appointments are booked for an hour, so it could be 2 to 3 p.m. or 5 to 6 p.m. So plan to be out of the house, you know, maybe five minutes before in case the realtors are early or maybe five minutes uh, after the hour, just in case they're spending some extra time in your home or in your driveway or in your backyard, because you want them to have that full experience of the home. You want them to make that educated decision, and you want to allow them the time and space so that they can make that decision. And what, uh, since we're at this point, what is that experience like? You know, they come into your home, are they looking everywhere? They're opening up closet doors. What exactly is the experience like? They're they're looking through the home and they're picturing their furniture in there. They're picturing their kids running around. They're, you know, looking around the backyard. Maybe they want to put a pool in or a deck and they want to make sure that there's enough space. They want to see the basement. Maybe they want to make a nanny suite or an in-law suite or 
an entertainment area. So allow them that time to do that. If if you're home and you know they feel pressured that they need to get out of there quick because they're infringing on your space, you don't want that. You want them to picture themselves in the home. And when you're home, it's still your home when they walk in and they're not going to be comfortable imagining themselves in that space. And we should be prepared as sellers then to, to you know, step away and allow them almost free reign. Pretty much. And they're there with a realtor. So it's not like they're you're letting strangers into your home just to you know, walk through, they they have a professional with them that's going to be advising them on certain aspects and you want to, you want to give them that respect. Okay. We have time for one more question. This one is from Tony in Richmond Hill. He wants to know, how do I find out how much my home is worth? Invite a realtor in. Uh, there's a lot of online solutions that will say, hey, we will evaluate your home or, or we will give you an online CMA in 34 seconds or whatever that right. time is. But you need someone to come in because not only are you going off of sold prices, which a lot of these online systems, they just go off of sold prices that are available online and they give you, they throw a number out at you. It's about 3% accurate. So you want, you want a realtor to come in, evaluate what you've done to your home. They know what other homes have in the same area and they're able to give you a value comparative to your competition or your neighbors, whereas an online generated value is just that. It, there's not any meat or potatoes to it. It's just fluff. So if you just want a, a rough idea of what your neighborhood average is, you could get that online in 30 seconds. But if you actually want to know what the true value of your home is, you need to get a realtor to come in and evaluate it. And I would assume then that an online generated value um, doesn't include maybe a new roof or new windows or that furnace or those other details that you've often talk about, talked about on this show. That's right. And it's like Googling your symptoms if you have a fever and, and you'll get a, a wide variety of different, you know, uh, diseases that you could have or anything like that. But once you go to the doctor, they'll pinpoint it and say, okay, this is exactly what you have. That's what you want with your home. You want an exact value of what it's worth. You don't just want a generalization of, of what's out there and what it could be. Thank you, Asif. Great show again this week. Thanks, Tina. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.